1: Tell yeah Turn me to your bed
2: and welcome to the bedpost podcast i of course am your host Aaron pym and what i like to do here on the bedpost pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me today's v excite v exciting i have everybody put your hands together make snaps get your oohs and ahs loaded up for steve from playground hey steve hi
3: hello how is i'm good i'm very good actually oh yeah I'm, you too, I'm glad you too. that i'm allowed on your sexy show i'm oh, wow. not that sexy
2: <laughs> i put it this way you can be fun or sexy
3: okay. oh i said fun okay. and sexy i'm i'm fun
2: <laughs> you can be one or the <laughs> other <laughs> But, okay, if you're saying you're not sexy, I'm fishing.
3: Y- I'm fishing. Give mm. me compliments. Mm-hmm. I'm sexy, right? Okay,
2: okay. So, the sexy. So, be, be sexy. <laughs> um, I mean, you are sexy because you run this big sexy event that we're going to talk about a bunch.
3: Yes. Yeah. Playground. Yes. My uh, hour, I should say hour, because I'm one of two. Yes. Um, uh, our little brainchild that uh, sort of was a runaway success. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, my nerves aren't as shot as they were when we started this journey. Uh, yes.
2: Yeah, the confidence is there from, like, you did it once, and it was a big success. Yeah. Everyone had a blast. It was really well sold.
3: It was exactly what we wanted. I love that. Yeah. It was exactly how we wanted it to go. It was our our music was perfect. Yep. Our guests were perfect. Everybody's outfits were so creative. Um, and we had a vision and we knew what that vision looked like, and it happened. What so. was the vision? Well, it's, uh, it's a bit of a journey. Uh, I mean, I think to sort of start things off, I would say this. Um, I think the kink and fetish scene in Toronto is very healthy these days, post-pandemic. Um, and um, we wanted to sort of jump in there with the other people that are doing nights cooperatively, and do something, what we felt was a little different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, how do I put this? We, we sort of looked around the world and looked at what other people were doing. And we looked at what people were doing in Toronto. And we were like, well, what can we do that's a little different? And it actually sort of started with not just uh, Laura and I, and, and I should mention Laura uh, a.k.a. Madison Rex, a.k.a. Acid Burn, is my business partner mm-hmm. uh, and actually is a big part of the vision um, as a music maven. She really, um, really, really had like a real vision for the music and really wanted to showcase her own talents in a male dominated environment. Of course, that being a DJ. Um, <laughs> don't mind me cracking a beer. <laughs> it's okay, I got one too. I just need to... Okay, actually, I'll take a sip so you don't feel awkward. That's yeah. so rude. Doing
2: Delicious. That. Doing that while you're talking. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Um.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah, so rewind to edit that part out it's no <laughs>
2: no no it's all in Are you i'm a one take wonder steve this way you have, you have to Perfect. understand uh
3: yeah so um actually I, I, i'll rewind a bit so the idea was is sort of a an accidental but intentional um journey um so it was laura in part with her vision for music and um wanting to showcase uh her own talent uh in a sea of of sort of male-dominated um Opportunities, right? Um, for me, uh, I've been involved with the Fate project, and uh, before that, Dirty Cupcake—I don't know if you recall—and of course, my—you know—my very close friend and, and ex-partner, Saucy Miso, was really heavily involved with the old Subspace night. So, for me, it was more wanting, like being exposed and being involved with all these projects, and also into sort of just wanting to um, do my own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, all of this knowledge, all of this sort of like decades of experience and just sort of going, you know what, I can do this. <clears throat> and then the other part of it was sort of inspired uh, through friends and family. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of people who now live in the States who were uh, native to Toronto, really excellent Kingsters, Heather and Adam. Uh, who were involved as well. And then, um, you know, we all sort of got together and said, you know, we want to do something, um, not to say that the other parties aren't inclusive, very inclusive, but like the, the However,
2: I do see, I do see white people with dreads on some
3: posters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. "Hmm." Something like that. It's more, (laughs) more acknowledging the shift in the kink community that's happened since the early 2000s. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... I think post Me Too, post um, uh, pandemic, uh, and just sort of, and dare I say the word woke, um, awakened world, where Mm -hmm. we are looking at, I mean, of course, I I walk on a very, very lefty path. So, you know, I'm quite influenced by um, queer culture. I'm surrounded by it. Um, My... Uh, my kids are queer, indigenous, transgender children, uh, and I just sort of like looked around at uh, at the place, and I, I wanted to sort of use my own white male privilege to, to create a, a kink landscape that was what represented what was out there in this world. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, um, not just the you know black and red fat life kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Uh, The old boys club, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. That Um, life is so problematic. (laughs) It's so problematic. Um, But like, there's definitely like, I I, my kink experience was born in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. Skin Two magazine, early Northbound Leather. Love those guys, by the way. Um, Yes. Just you know, there. But there was a very hetero kind of vibe to it all, despite the fact that kink has always. Skirted on the edges of the, of queer culture, Absolutely. without a doubt, and it definitely its origins come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I i i did uh, i did a little history lesson at uh, Oasis once on the origins of queer fashion, Ooh. and that was a real interesting deep dive into where this all comes from.
1: Yeah.
3: And, and
2: I know you're really into fashion and specific. very like into fashion and... and
3: very into history. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, when I sort of went down that path and then looked at what was going on in the world and looking at the client, tell the, the clients that, that come to these nights now, mm-hmm. I was realizing there's been this shift. There's been this real consent culture focus shift. And
2: um, a shift of like, You're wanting to, like, really intentionally wanting events to cater to folks of all genders, of all orientations.
3: 100%.
2: Of all backgrounds. 100%. um, All abilities, everything.
3: Yeah. And so Heather and Adam, Laura and her partner Brenton, and of course my partner Thrall and myself, we all sort of got together one day and started just talking about this and Mm -hmm. throwing spitballing ideas out there uh, and realized that... um, you know, there's, there's a real need for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it cu- we could share space with some of the more established kink knights that are out there. And actually the ha- have had a ton of help and support. So awesome. sort of buoyed by that, inspired by that, we decided to do it. So we looked to Berlin, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, and what they were doing there um, with places like Symbotica and Club Revolt and... Uh, which are, uh, you know, kink nights that are very inclusive and queer culture focused. And, but also have this layer of, uh, how do I describe this? Germany, (laughs) (laughs) weird, dark, fetishy, kinky, you know, it was, it's, it's fun. Yeah. And, and just some of the marketing around how they're doing it and how they're delivering their message and the people. And we were like, you know, Toronto is a little bit like that. There's definitely a market. There's definitely people here. So that's where we sort of put the marketing pressure on here, created a sort of a, a, a brand or a vibe that we felt would attract that. And the goal, the end goal of this night is to create space for people, pe- mm-hmm. Kingsters, the new the sort of the new generation, Gen Z Kingsters, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, maybe Gen Z is too young, but you know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> eventually, know, eventually I... they'll catch up, right? <laughs> know. Um, you know, my kids, like, are, uh, you know, like, very, um, uh, they're not, I mean, they're not kinksters, obviously, they're kids, but, like, their culture, their... Um, Everything is Their queer. politics. Yeah. Their, um, their focus on, they're very wise. They're very wise people, and... I've noticed that coming up through like um um oh what what's what am I trying to say here I've noticed that coming up through the kink scene over time that there's been this shift mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and I've
3: seen people and I've actually sort of said to myself like the people who come to the, these nights are different than what they used to be 12 Absolutely. 15 years ago um and then of course there's the old guard mm-hmm. and they're like the people who have survived.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, true. They're like,
3: a huge contributor to it as well. So it's this lovely blend of people. Yeah. Of queer like, old, queer elders alt, yeah, and like, queer old people, straight, gay, bi, pan. All you know, and that's the kind of night we're trying to create. The other thing too is, as a person who has participated in, um, these like these kink nights these raves and things mm-hmm. i know and i know i know some of the people who are you know some of the impulse people and some of the birdhouse people and some of the fake people are like they they were they came to her and they're like yes finally a night we can go stuff. to <laughs> finally a place we can play we don't have to worry because it's work right these yeah. nights are work uh and those and you know Bless them. They don't get a lot of chance to actually, they enjoy doing it and they enjoy throwing the parties, but here they are, they come to our night and it's like an industry party in a way.
2: Yes. Yeah. As a fellow events producer. Yes. yes. You're not, you're not attending. I never attended a bedpost and actually I, I attended one. I made Andrew Wareham, um, produce <laughs> 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 one month of the five years, one month I got to attend a bedpost. <laughs> it was great. That's great. Well, it you know what so I mean nice. then, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and of course I have to thank the ritual chamber for making the last event such a success. You say that <laughs> when you guys but... walked in, I was like, We're saved. Oh my god. Yeah,
2: so we had a cute little um, a cute little girl's night. It was myself goddess spray of Fame, Ms. Chloe Mars and Alexis O'Neal. And um, yeah, we were thinking we might play, but we had no expectations and then showed up and Alexis O'Neal immediately wanted to do a spanking scene. And we're like, okay, I mean, let's go. So I think we were one of the first scenes to play early. It was you very were early. very
3: early and you and you set the tone. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, um, Thrall and I had our toys like ready to go in yep. case nobody was playing. Yes. We were going to like... How okay. Get up. ready to play. Let's do a scene.
2: Because you've got to kind of christen that area. Yeah, you know? we didn't
3: know what to expect. We didn't know if anybody was going to show. Yeah. Right. It, like these. The put, putting a putting an event like this on is a huge gamble. Because oh my god, yeah. One of the things we said right from the beginning is we want to pay our employees what they're worth.
1: Yep.
3: Um. So everybody makes good money. Yep. We wanted to have lots of like uh, harm reduction staff. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, running a fetish night is not like running a rave. Rave, you gotta worry about a bouncer, a door person, a couple of DJs, you're done.
1: Yeah.
3: A kink night is uh, security, at least two door vetters. Yep. Um uh in our case we have what we call Vibe Patrol, which is an inspiration. It's DMs, f- DMs monitors, but there are there, there are DMs but more. Yep. There's there's more to them. Um uh and uh and of course you you want you, you want top talent, right? So DJs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Put it all together, it's very costly. Yeah,
2: it's a high overhead. Uh,
3: it's a it's a high overhead, it's a huge risk. Laura and I put some money in, um, and we were just like crossing our fingers and going, like, we're not rich people, right? Like, that you wouldn't just, be like, out. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we just watched those ticket sales very closely and watched our red turn into black. Yeah. Uh, slightly black. Um after yeah, we paid everybody out. Up. It was black yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, and that's all we want. Right? Like, we're not doing this for making huge profits. We're doing this because we want to create a night. Laura's doing it because she wants to spin. I'm doing it because I want to give back to the community Um, and, you know, very dedicated to the king community all my life. I have a lot of my, like, my chosen family to thank for the king community. And I just, you know, really enjoyed it and really love the health that... The city is enjoying post-pandemic and really want to. What get
2: do you mean by here. that when you say the kink scene? You think the kink scene is really healthy right now?
3: Um, just the people who are out there doing things, mm-hmm. everything from um, the people at Desire Events mm-hmm. putting stuff on that are top-notch stuff. Uh, Impulse, of course, their own sort of special twist on things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're like a little bit of the House of Yes meets like darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the fake people who have this wonderfully creative, fantastical, like, take on kink that's almost LARPY or cosplay-ish mm-hmm. that I think people really like. It's obvious. Their last event looked like... Am I, am I flicking my gear <laughs> <ear> can? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a sip. <laughs> Do it.
2: No, yeah, there's, like... I, so you mean, like, there's quality events happening. And, quality and events. And, they're, and they're, like they're, like, in demand. They're in demand. Yeah.
3: Um... I mean, people
2: wanna do stuff. People there's like a renaissance all the, the Renaissance and also the You know, like yeah, that's going
3: yeah. on. They're, they've got their events that are coming up. And we all talk to each other.
1: Yeah.
3: Right? We all like I we went into Northbound after the first event and George came up and said, You guys are the talk of the town. Like That's nice. that like,
2: gotta feel
3: nice. It really did, right? And it, and and he said they had like um, a dozen people buying outfits that day. Amazing. Right. So, this is the health, right? This is where we're, we're good for each other. Yes. Uh, we're not you, competing. Yeah. Uh, we try to call and share dates with each other. We try to. It's not always easy when you're trying to book a venue and stuff like that. And um, But we like, there's a, there's a, there's a, con- and, and Beth is really to thank for this over at Fate. Like, there's a consciousness to not stepping on other people's toes. Because in the end, if your night is the same, I remember there was one night where impulse and fate were the same night. Oof. And it was by accident. It yeah. was like just, you know, venues and opportunities and people booking ahead of time. And both nights were a success. Wow. Both nights did well. Like that the is reports a thriving coming, community. I mean, that's a healthy community, that is a right? big community. We're still taken away from each other, but like, yeah, yeah it was... Uh, both There was relief okay. in the end.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a really... I'm, I'm happy to hear that, because I think... I think the same thing, like just with the work I've been doing at Ritual Chamber and now I've taken over the munches for Ritual Chamber and um, it's just really so lovely to see so many people coming out Um, and and there's always new, there's still always new people. Yes. You know, so it's just growing. It's not like the same old gang, you know, that you see every time. It's like you're always seeing new people and with me doing sessions also, it's the same thing. Like, I have some regulars, but honestly, most of my sessions are people that are coming in for the first time. And that's been happening for the eight years I've been at Ritual Chamber. It's just growing and growing.
3: I think um, I think people are way more comfortable with expressing themselves kinky-wise than yeah. they've ever been before. Um, and, and
2: you're right when you said pandemic was a huge shift. Like, when, you know, I, when people come in and session with me for the first time, I ask, what led you to book with me? You know, and a lot of people's stories start well with like, oh, well, pandemic and it got me thinking and, you know, why wait? And, you know, I I think we all, you know, looked inward and focused on ourselves a lot and and where we were at in our lives and made some decisions. Maybe as
3: well. Like, I think a lot of people might have been thinking about doing that, but couldn't bring themselves to do it, whether it's shame or whether there's something associated with it that's difficult. And the pandemic was like, fuck it, let's live. I know for a fact that um, Thrall and I would have these conversations during the pandemic, like going, we took it all for granted. Mm -hmm. Like, and then as soon as that first event happened, that first impulse event, I'll never forget it, where we were like, it was kind of like a real rave, like a real thing. Everybody was just like, oh, my God, we're so happy. We're so happy. I I can hug people again and things like that. And I just remember saying, like, we used to complain about the ticket price and how much an evening costs. Now I'll pay triple.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You know, like we
3: really took it all for granted. Oops, sorry. That's good. Um, And uh, I think now uh, people are coming out of their shells. They feel more comfortable. They feel more accepted.
1: Mm -hmm. i'm hoping
3: this is true like i see it um they feel safer Mm -hmm. you know and that's one of the key points of of playground is one of the things we want to focus is like um an opportunity where you can play in an environment where consent is really not to say that the other events are don't know what they're doing in that regard but like
2: just a super intentional a super
3: intentional thing yeah exactly You, you you say it better than i do um
2: yeah so so just to clarify so at your event you know where there's DJs were dancing. Yep. You know, but also the play space is like integrated. Like geographically, it's kind of all in the same yes, space. Yes,
3: that was a big component of it.
2: Yeah. Yes. A of, room. Tell me about that and why that was the decision that you made. Um,
3: well, part of it was beggars can't be choosers when it comes to venues in Toronto. <laughs> you in, get what you get. Yeah, you don't get upset. Um, especially with a lot of places that have closed.
2: Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah.
3: And size is important as well, right? If you, if you get a place that's too big, like the Opera House, and you throw a party and it you half fill it, then, you know.
2: Yeah, it looks empty. feels empty. Yeah,
3: the, the jumbo jet doesn't get off the runway as high as you want it to. But with Wiggle Room, it's an intimate space. It has that sort of raised platform yeah. area that we use as our playroom. And you can see the play from no matter where you are in the club.
2: That's important, I think.
3: And we, when Laura and I scouted it, we were like, this is it. This is exactly what we want. And I think, you know, again, I'm going to, I'm going to like name drop the impulse folks. I remember the very first impulse when back when it was at the mod club, Mm -hmm. they had play equipment on like their side stage area. And I thought that was brilliant. Pretty cool. I actually, that's where I played at that very first event. Um, because you kind of like were putting on a show a little bit, which mm-hmm. is part of it, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody could see you, and...
2: I mean, you're playing at an event, yeah, so that, that's part of it, you know. You, nobody that wants to do a really private scene is going to play at an event. So part of the whole, you know, draw of playing at an event is that people are watching, right? So why not set up the environment so that people can watch comfortably?
3: The thing about kink nights that I find so interesting is the people are the entertainment.
2: Absolutely. It's one
3: of the reasons why we have such a strict dress code. Right. Which, you know, we've been criticized for. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the patrons, the guests, the play, it's part of the package. It's what people are coming To see and experience.
2: Oh, that's like half of it for me, honestly. That's a really big component. I want to see what everybody's wearing. Yeah. And like, I don't know, part of like having a dress code that you're enforcing um, is like that makes you feel comfortable to dress up in your own stuff, right? Yeah. So if people are coming in with jeans and band t-shirts then it's not really creating an environment where you feel really comfortable and confident if you're wearing, you know, fet wear or lingerie or whatever yeah. it looks like. so.
3: Well, and there's a standard to it as well. And like, I say this, we say this on in our playbook, like fetish, kink, dress code, it's super subjective, right? Yeah. And we've got to be really careful with that, right? Like, who am I or who are we to say this is right and this is wrong? Um, and we say that right in our rules. We say like you know like we say no jeans. But if you're doing a, a classic fetish motorcycle look with the leather and the caps,
2: it just has to be intentional. I yeah, think, is the like thing you're there's asking. there's
3: an exception to the rules there. Yeah, right. The when you're showing up in a t shirt and jeans, you're not putting in the effort. You're also not reading the rules. Mm-hmm. And if you're not reading the rules, you can't follow the rules on the inside. There's a concern there. Yeah. Plus, like we. You know, we took another page from the Europeans and we wanted to make, you know, um, uh, full, full, you know, full exposure a part of it. If that's what you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, we're looking for, you know, nudity and full exposure with some creativity around the, the fashion part of it. But it's if, like we ha- there was one gentleman who uh, came forward and said, can I wear my my cock cage? with my leathers and and i was like of course that's exactly what we want want like you are putting an effort in um and you know it turns you on it turns us on right like it's great yeah um
2: i think that's a really good point that you made of like if you can't follow the rules of like a dress code for instance then we can't you know it's a red flag that you might not be able to follow the rules inside like the consent rules and the play rules and all of this stuff because that's something that like it's a way to screen right I I see everything through, like, my professional kink lens, right, of people, like, booking me. Yeah. The biggest red flag that you're not going to be able to respect, like, the boundaries in a session is if you can't even follow the the screening instructions or you're pushing back already, you know, of sending your ID or like sending a deposit or whatever it looks like, then that's informing me that you're going to push back when I give you rules and boundaries in the scene, in the session as well.
3: It's actually more of the pushback than the dress actually. Right. Like we don't actually turn you away. Yeah. Right. We say, you know, go follow the rules and come back. You're welcome. You're not being turned away. You're just, not following the dress code. We're not kicking you out. We're not throwing you out. You're not yeah, yeah. banned forever unless,
2: know? I mean, unless that screening <laughs> thing happens where suddenly well, they get super upset and blow up and yeah. are ha- you know over somebody telling them that you're not following the rules so you can't come in. Then that's what screening does. It shows, you know, people's true colors and it's like, "Okay, well now you can't come in." Like
3: <laughs> it's dicey too because we've had some people come forward and said you let too many people in who weren't a dress code, well, which, which is it? which is I mean, weird because I don't I don't recall seeing very that. many. Yeah. There was there was one gentleman I led led in who was wearing a very nice dress shoot, shirt and very dressy pants, yeah. and the only reason I let that guy in is because. He didn't know what kind of a party it was. He was meeting his date there. The date didn't tell him what kind of a party it was, and he was a deer in the headlights, and, and he was lost. polite and he, he was, was super polite, yeah, which is and then at the end of the night, it was so sweet actually at the end of the night, uh, he's over at the bar, and I went up to him and I said, "You understand now why we have a dress code?" and he's like, "I totally get it like yeah. this is an this is an excuse to go shopping now, yeah, and he looked nice, like he would have been you know. Not noticed, I think, by people. But, Unless
2: people were, like, picking but, at it. Yeah,
3: but some people, you know, accused us online of letting people with, like, khakis and shirts in. And khakis? Like, I didn't see that.
2: What Sorry. is it? Like, what is it, the 2000s? I no. didn't, yeah, like,
3: <laughs> it's <laughs> the door is chaos when you're letting people in at prime time. It's hard, sure. to, it's hard to make the call. It's all very subjective. People are coming in with their coats on and checking them in later.
1: Right.
3: You know, we do our best.
1: Yeah.
2: We
3: do our best to make sure that that there's effort put in there.
2: Yeah. Um, and I also think... Like, the and there's things... also
3: staff. Staff aren't beholden to the dress code. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, right?
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like security. Security. It's <laughs> you know, probably wearing black people, jeans and a t-shirt. You know, That's
3: bartenders, uh, technical people. Oh, like, obviously. they're not subject to the dress code, of course. Right? Yeah. That yeah. would be unreasonable (laughs) yes very
2: um it'd be fun though to see them dress up if they wanted to you know but yeah, you obviously can't say put a thing in place but um yeah i also liked that i mean the dress code is pretty broad Yeah, like you don't have to like go to northbound and buy a you know four thousand dollar head-to-toe leather look to get in like the the ask isn't that big they give a lot you give a lot of options yeah and like a lot of options that could be a cheap you know most people have one of those things at home or can borrow or can get it cheap like
3: well that's part of it too not like and, you
2: must wear leather latex yeah like
3: i don't know if you've been shopping at northbound later i could drop I have, five grand there easily oh no. yes and still not get everything i want right oh, like, the
2: only time i can actually buy like a full <laughs> big piece at northbound is uh, somehow get clients to be, you know sponsor <laughs> yeah, most of yeah, it yeah, that's... like i have one dress from northbound but yeah. I could never, I would never have been able to just, like, afford by myself.
3: The, uh, yeah, like, if you, you can do a homemade tutu and get into our event. Like, the creativity is there, right? Yes, it's that intentionality of, like, you know, you're the,
2: dressing up for this event.
3: And the inclusiveness of it, too. Yeah. And, I, you know, and speaking of clothing, I do have to do a shout-out to the Kink Engineering folks as well. They're helping us so much with the the dungeon space. Yeah. Um, they're a part of it. And the folks at Trip, uh, the, harm reduction uh volunteers mm-hmm. uh with trip they're they're a part of us as well and they approached us and said we want to get into the kink stuff more and here's our opportunity so o- overall it's been super great journeys like super great team and we're excited to do it again on the 28th of july yeah it's
2: coming up we should have put that at the beginning we
3: should have put it at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> we spliced this part put it at the front we had a couple of beers.
2: You know, what? Open, open the episode description <laughs> in the title. In the title. Yeah. Steve from Playground. July. Yeah, get
3: your tickets. We sold out last time. <laughs> yes. So get on there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a really fun summer party. We don't do themes either. Okay. That's another part that we do. Maybe the music is themed. Mm-hmm. You know, like this. we've got a real um, techno-heavy um, uh, DJ set. Techno and Electro Mm -hmm. with Jackie Spade. Woohoo. Very excited about Jackie Spade. Legendary. Um, Girl Crush. Yes. And of course, our resident, um, Essa Bird. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm actually really excited because of the music because I'm a music nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: Okay. I think maybe at this point we'll uh, lead into a break. Um, yeah. to have a little a word from our sponsors
3: I want to sip my beer
2: yeah and we'll have a little more of our beer and then we'll be right back with Steve
0: from Playground the Bedpost podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are founded as a worker-owned cooperative Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. A night with the theme, Little Black Dress. Game night... Ooh, A Night with the Prompt Shiniest Outfit and Fetish Fantasy, hosted by Empress. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky
3: in the limo, and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello,
2: everyone. Welcome back to the Bid Post Podcast. I'm here with Steve from Playground. Hey, 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 Hey. hey. <laughs> Um, hola. Hola. Hey, I want. Uh, we're both big TikTok heads. We're both obsessed <laughs> with social medias. So on TikTok, I, um, <laughs> I followed this bird, this crow, oh, dark yeah? black crow, and he speaks, and his owner is like really deep voice. Oh, I like a that. A Spanish guy. So he's taught the raven to go hola, like really
3: low. Hola. <laughs> I love that. It's so good.
2: <laughs> hola. Hola.
3: I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'll I'll send it it to you.
3: Like the crow. (laughs) Um,
2: We also follow, uh, me and Freya follow this bird um, called Apollo, and he's very funny. Clearly his his owners, (laughs) this is such a diver, just don't mind me. Um, (laughs) His owners clearly, like, play Mario a lot, because, like, during training, they're like, What's this made out of? And he's like, Glass, what's this made out of? And then he's like, Wario. Ah, <laughs> yes, <It's like, laughs> the four elements <laughs> glass, wood, fire, and Wario. <laughs> and then he goes, Wow, 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 like Mario Dying. <laughs>
3: oh my god. <laughs> People are so creative. <laughs> the internet's funny. Yeah,
2: the internet's the funny. Internet is funny. Um, Okay, I wanted to ask you, maybe this might be a good question to kind of launch us into the second half. Um, What were like some specific things that you really loved from your first playground that are going to like inform you going forward?
3: Uh, I really loved uh, a couple of things. One of them was the play. Mm -hmm. The people were really playing hard and mindfully and I saw some scenes that were just like as I, I served as one of the Vi patrol people and it was just fun just watching what people were doing um, mm. you know some pretty intense stuff was happening uh, I and I,
2: I, mean, I ripped my leather skirt kicking a man in the ball yes
3: I, I that, that one comes to mind actually <laughs> that poor that poor person
2: <laughs> oh he's fine he asked me to do it I, I didn't I didn't approach him
3: <laughs> that was one of the highlights. <laughs> But
2: I did rip my skirt doing it. (laughs) It
3: was Uh, worth it. And then somebody came up to me after and said that they really appreciated how beautifully lit the play area was. Mm. Uh, We brought some lights from home. And what we wanted, like, what we want to create is not like, even the name playground was mindfully chosen. We didn't want, like, Sin or, like, you know. Just Sin. (laughs) You know how fetish. Fetish nights are are named out there. If you go on, if you look at events on FetLife, you find sin, mm-hmm. you find um, debauchery, mm-hmm. you find like all these kind of like overly negative, negative in a way, yeah, yeah, like like shamey sexual sort of uh, terms and ideas, which are definitely a part of the fetish scene and the king scene.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, you know, people playing with shame based stuff is definitely yeah. a part of it. But we, when we had our very first sort of struck our first board of, of directors and talked about what we wanted to do, we had a big conversation about naming it something that wasn't dark and gothy or stormy or, you know, and yeah. Playground came to mind. Um, uh, it sort of won out. I, I was pretty pushy on that name, I will admit. <laughs> uh, that's the name I wanted. <laughs> but I have my reasons and I made a really strong case for it, I think, and that was, we want play. We
0: mm-hmm. want
3: positivity. We want, you know, it's still a dark nightclub environment, but we want color. Um, you know, some of the some of the things that have inspired our night are things like Club Verboten and Symbodica in Berlin and that sort of Berlin rave culture, which does have a very art heaviness mm-hmm. to it. But also there's a little bit of House of Yes in New York City is a part of us, which is this queer, brightly colored, beautiful, like... I don't know. If you've ever go to Brooklyn, go to the fucking House of Yes. It's an experience. It's so great. Um, Their drag shows are, bar none, the best. Um, Anyway, uh, a little bit of that was inspiring us. And so we brought some colored lights. We brought some galaxy lamps. We tried to, like, put this beautiful, like... um, colorful sheen over it all and make it warm and fuzzy as opposed to dank dark and dungeony mm-hmm. even the kink engineering equipment is like bright pink and teal that's their house colors yeah it was really cool yeah and so like, you
2: had um so what was the furniture you had just we
3: uh we don't have our own furniture yet but like For as, kink, as kink engineering is is sort of our our um Um, people who are supporting the dungeon initiative we have a lot of their house furniture So that's Doug and Marika donating their, they had uh, a very robust spanking bench, Mm -hmm. which was brightly colored pink and teal, which is beautiful colors they have. And if you ever want to see like a gorgeous dungeon, check out their feed. They just did this beautiful mural on their wall of their dungeon. That is Mm -hmm. amazing. Anyway. and love dungeon
2: spaces that are like not black and red. Yeah, that's, that's, there's this pink
3: and teal. I love that. Um, They donated a cross, this beautiful cross. Uh, Doug made a cage for us. Mm -hmm. People love cages. (laughs) They do. <laughs> people love the cage you and i so he actually made a cage for us uh and then we rented rent, rented a couple people from bird a couple of pieces from birdhouse so mm. they're one of their freestanding uh crosses in a vault and that's about all the room we have uh we've had a lot of people come forward and ask for rope space unfortunately the real estate just doesn't hmm. we're, we're gonna try and look at it seriously but there what is isn't.
2: what do they mean when they say that exactly
3: a place to do like suspension, Oh, a hard, point a hard point with point enough on the enough gotcha, space gotcha. where you could do like a rope, uh, some rope activity. Got gotcha. you. Unfortunately, the wiggle. I mean, we are a dance party as well, and we have to put together quite a bit of real estate for the you know, the music and the DJs. So it's, it's hard. It's a it's a hard trade off. We talked about upgrading the venue to a larger space. Mm-hmm. Again, beggars can't be choosers. There's not a lot out there. Uh, at least what we want not to say that it wouldn't happen if we grow Mm
1: -hmm.
3: but wiggle has been super great to us and it's you also develop a relationship with your venue right and you don't want to screw them as well right so
1: absolutely we're gonna
3: stick with wiggle for now um great sound system great staff uh really great like equipment like music wise and they're Mm -hmm. really accommodating to us in creating our space Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really good
2: can you talk about the music a little bit
3: Absolutely, I thought you'd never yeah. ask. <laughs> um, traditionally, at least in Toronto, most music in fetish spaces tends to be on the industrial goth side of things. Mm-hmm. And as uh, uh, as the origins of my own DJ career has been through industrial goth, um, you know we want we. Laura and I feel very strongly, and not just Laura and I, the whole team feels very strongly that there's other genres of music out there that are just as sexy, if not more sexy, (laughs) right? Deep bass, techno melodic techno house we want to have sort of these kinds of musical flavors walk through and participate in our night so that it's not just the sort of gothy industrial that's people are doing that and -hmm. and part of the reason we don't want to do that is we don't also want to like take away from those uh nights as well um so you know laura is um captain of the music she's in charge and she sources and and so so far our I mean we have we've only we've only done one night and we're on the verge of doing our second night but uh, the first night we had Jonah K um who's a very close she's a very close friend of mine mm-hmm. uh and um and I we just knew she was the perfect sort of opening headline DJ for our night because she represents everything uh we want in our night the creativity the the music style Um, the diversity, all of that stuff. So Jonah was our headliner for our first night. And then we had, um, of course, Laura as her first residency and uh, DJ Smut, which is uh, um, her partner, Brenton. Nice. (laughs) And that was only because it was our first night and we didn't quite know where we were going to go, but they really were great. It was like sort of a techno heavy, dark techno heavy night, which Mm -hmm. really, really was great. I really enjoyed it. This time around, we um, Laura has really wanted to sort of take a page uh, from the Queer Up folks and really, like, one of the things you're not going to see, a lot of people have asked me, Hangman, that's my, of course, my DJ, a.k.a. Hangman, um, when are you going to DJ? And it's like, I won't. I probably won't. <laughs>
1: um,
3: this is a space for women. This is a space for queer folks. This is a space for BIPOC. Laura is very much on board with that vision for the music. It's not to say that I'll never DJ the space. Maybe on my birthday or whatever, like right. that, it'll be like something special. Right. Uh, or we're just having trouble booking people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to be the focus. Um, so this time around, we have Jackie Spade from the Technoir Collective, which we're super excited about. Um, um, and we're hopefully going to have more of them participate in future events. Um, and we got Girl Crush. We saw Girl Crush at the Bass Witch event, mm-hmm. and we fell in love with them. Like, just, we were, it was Laura, uh, our partners, we were all having a good time, and and Girl Crush came on, and we were just like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. Like, and then we started following, them and then we are like, perfect. And then when Laura said we book, you know, we booked them, I was like, yes, perfect. So, we're super excited. We're super excited. The next one... Looking like it'll be October 6th
1: mm-hmm.
3: will be the day. We were trying to get uh, the full moon on the 29th of September, but September <laughs> is a very busy month. Um, but it's going to be October 6th. Tentatively booked that today, actually. Mm. We're thinking about a more housey vibe. Okay. You know, that, that we had a conversation today about maybe having a housey vibe just, you know, for that night only. Uh, we don't know who we're going to book yet, but I just went to the, the Lumaterra Festival mm-hmm. uh, out up near Collingwood. Had a great time, and we saw some really excellent house DJs. So they I mean, convinced you? Oh yeah, we had a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> we were on the stage going, "Wow, we should book this person. Oh, we should book this person." Yeah, I so, love that.
2: It seems like you're you and your team are so passionate about the music. Uh, yeah, part it's of a big it. part of it.
3: It's yeah. a really, really big part of it of of the night, um, and just you know, int- like. Melding the sexiness and kinkiness with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often felt like that deep bass dubstep step is mm-hmm. the most sexy music in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so like when the, the bass drops and you're just like Ugh, orgasm, you know. <laughs> I want to see that happen at her. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that sort of our music vision and our music policy, and 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 creating that space for people to like really show off their talent. Aside from the, you know, the Elder Goths that <laughs> the Elder <goths. laughs> the Elder Goths who are, <laughs> and I don't get me wrong, I love them. I love them. Yeah, there's definitely a market, but again, we want to we want to do something a little bit different. Partly because we don't want to compete. Partly because we feel it's needed.
2: Yeah, yeah. there's a demand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that it's like it seems like just I mean just you, but also in your team, it seems like just you are so passionate about like both like the kink scene and community, also like fashion and footwear, and then also like the music portion of like this is this is very my, those much are your my baby. three
3: kinks. This is your three things, yeah. like, like your top three. If I have one kink, that above all, it's fashion.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. It's like clothing. <laughs> you wore
2: quite the outfit, if I recall.
3: I wore my corset.
2: Yes, you it out.
3: That's a Noraly Cyberesque esque corset that I bought literally, oh, it's got to be almost 15 years ago. Wow. She is an amazing German designer. Uh, her stuff is inspired by sort of this uh, world beat uh, fetish. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe it. I would enc- strongly encourage people to look up Noraly Cyberesque. Um, I think they actually live in India now, mm-hmm. um, uh, but their, their fashion is really great. And that's an old piece of theirs, but you know, I've always loved that sort of blend of um, f- like femininity with masculinity, like where you turn something feminine into something masculine yeah. um, and that sort of like playing around with that. Um, it's kind of a mind fuck in a way. Right. So I love wearing my corset. Uh, and, of course, I wore a northbound leather daddy cap because yeah. I'm a daddy. <laughs> I give off big daddy vibes. And I'm daddy of this night. <laughs> so I thought it was perfect. I'd wear that little... and. I love the. I've always wanted one of those hats. Every time I used to go, I kind of want one too. It, you I would know. rock it I so well. Want one. Oh my god, you need to get one. <laughs> I know. I kind of want. One. <laughs> they're, they're pretty reasonably priced, I have okay, to say. Okay. But I, every time I'd walk into Northbound, I'd try one of those hats on, and, and Thrall was like, "Would you just get Did one you just for yourself? Buy it? Like you look so good in it." <laughs> and um, I also like what the the leather daddy represents in King culture and mm-hmm. the history of it. Right, mm-hmm. that's where it comes from. That sort of post-war yep. underground motorcycle club motorcycle safety inks. net that, like, um, you know, the gay community needed in light of you know, of the persecution that was going on in the world, um, and those that that mo- that classic motorcycle police uniform is kind of a fuck you to it all, and as well, a symbol, and so that's why I, I, I wear the hat. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very kinky. It's very, you see somebody wearing that hat, you're like, all right. Yeah, games on. I see you. you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah.
2: Have you decided what outfit you're going to wear? For-
3: yes, I have. I made myself <laughs> a leather corset, sort of Viking belt thing, Ooh. over the course of the winter. Um, part of the reason is I'm, I'm getting a little tubby in the middle part, so <laughs> I, I need something to suck it all in. So, yeah, all your um,
1: outfits have
2: cinchers. Yeah. <laughs>
3: uh, I. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, I have hey, this.
2: I'm, hey, I'm right there with you. Somebody somebody <laughs> called me pregnant at the Robinson No! Other
3: Come like, on, no way. <laughs> they did. And
2: then somebody on Twitter called me called me chonky.
3: Oh my God.
2: <laughs> I try to say I'm not internalizing it, but oh, I no. am a little
3: bit. I'm not what I used to be. Um, and I do wear these corsets for the. I have this medical corset that I wear that's beautiful. It's Ooh. so comfortable. Yeah, you'd like that. You like the medical stuff.
2: Oh, I do. Um,
3: yeah, so I, I wear these things that suck in my belly, <laughs> so I can look sexy. Because I have like a quite a nice upper body. I'm very happy <laughs> with my bulk of my upper body. Um, what are you
2: talking about? Big and belly then I have uh, this sexy. sort of really
3: nice like flowy skirt dress thing Ooh. that I'm gonna wear. Uh, I'm going to sort of give off like sexy wizard vibes. I think I was
2: going to say witchy, yeah. summer witch,
3: summer witch, <laughs> mostly because it's a super comfortable outfit and I'll be working from eight o'clock until four o'clock. Ooh, yeah. uh, um, but if I play my cards right, so I, I have a little confession to make, mm-hmm. my favorite outfit to wear at home when I'm doing kinky sessioning with my partner mm-hmm. is, uh, I, I have a leather kilt.
1: Mm-hmm. I love wearing
3: kilts. I've always worn kilt. I love the kilt. I love it. My leather kilt is this cheap ass piece of junk I ordered from Wish. <laughs> so it you can just imagine this thing is the lowest quality, but I wear it all the time.
1: Oh. Because it looks you go. pretty good.
3: And it and so Thrall was like, would you just go and get a northbound one? Yeah. Like, just, you're going to wear it all the time. It's an investment. You're doing this night. Just go buy one. The problem is, it's just a little out of my price range like right now. or something? Yeah, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Um. <laughs> I
2: might wear what I wore to... The Krampus event.
3: Oh yeah, when one I didn't recognize you and I was like kind of kind crushing on you, a friend of mine. <laughs> this is a funny story. <laughs> a friend, of a mutual friend of ours. Oh, shit. Aaron walks in and is talking to my mutual friend. And I go up to the mutual friend. Of course, I'm high as a kite. <laughs> I'm like, who's that little thing? And I'm like, that's little that's fucking Aaron, you ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, it is. I didn't recognize you. It was post pandemic. I hadn't seen anybody in years, right? And you look you look like a scrumptedly delicious little thing, let me tell you.
2: No, I appreciate the little thing after me. You were. You were small. That. You were tiny. I
3: remember talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, I might wear that. Remember, I wore for... I, I'm um, dressing you with my eyes the um, whole time.
2: Is my phone... Can you pass me my phone? Because on air, I'm going to reveal some photos that I took in that dress to you and see what you think. I did this photo shoot with Deckard recently. This lovely photo. Okay, let me get my glasses. Put on your glasses, Grandpa. Um, <laughs> Dirty Grandpa. No, yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But he gave me, like, the edits um, today. And I must say they're quite good. Oh, and actually the other outfit I'm wearing, I wore to your, to Playground the first night. But these are the ones that I want
3: to oh, show let's you. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, Check yeah. these oh, out. Oh, damn. Oh, people, you got to come just to see Lady Pym. So I might wear that. Holy shit. That's nice.
2: Isn't that a good, isn't it gorgeous? Girl. I think it's amazing. Wow. Like, Deckard's incredible. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And then these were the gloves, the, the other... necklace. Yes, yes. So those are vintage leather gloves. Actually, I know this is
3: uh, podcasting and radio, so it's really hard to like. You know, it's it's annoying when people talk about things. <laughs> Whatever. But Lady Pim's wearing this. Like, what do you call that? This is PVC. It's like a pencil dress.
2: Yeah, like it's a actually a mermaid. Gown? You can't see the bottom. Yeah, a mermaid of it, but it's a gown. Full mermaid. Yeah. Very
3: shiny. Very the the rubberists. And then the gloves shout, are vintage. Shout leather out to gloves. Christine and the Rubber Sluts party, by the way. <laughs> so you could wear that there.
2: I could get away with it. Yeah. And then the um, other color of lights. That's I wore it oh, with a you, skirt. You need the hat. Yeah, I need with the hat. This outfit, yes. So, so I wore, this
3: outfit, everybody, is yeah. like kind of like um, little like it's a leather little bit biker of a leather shorts. daddy.
2: Yeah, yeah, with like
3: a police, but it's see through police shirt. Yep. And the gloves, and if you wear the hat, you'd be a daddy. There you go. You, and that's a, the one and for me crop. and i know you have shit kicking boots
2: i do yeah. i was wearing them and that's but anyways oh, yeah
3: how like, great are they we could be twinsies they'll wear my hat you wear your hat cute be like, we'd be like the love police a <laughs> cab even for the love police yeah even the love police
2: <laughs> it's like you're you're caught clown character. <laughs>
3: oh yeah, my clown. A-cub. Constable A <laughs> Cab.
1: My clown persona.
3: <laughs> yeah. He's an asshole. Oh, cause, oh, cause, of course he's a, a bastard. He's a cop, right? Yeah, all cops are <laughs> Yeah. Makes sense. Uh,
2: I'm I yeah, I always look forward to like um I don't know, when I do sessions I feel like I wear kind of like comfy fat wear. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're at work, you just... Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm not modeling. I mean, you know what I mean, that day?
3: I wear my underwear at work. So there you go. I work, I work from home. So. You work in an office, yeah, yeah. don't I? Um, I work in an office. In your underwear. In my underwear.
2: Um, but, like, I don't know. I try to
3: push the bar a little bit, though. <laughs> I do. I wear some fairly nice politically underwear. loaded t-shirts in meetings. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Trans Lives Matters and things like that oh, in my yeah. office where just, you know, fuck you guys. That's
2: nice. Yeah. But um, what I was gonna say was like that, you know, I, I wear fat wear when I session, but I don't wear like my fancy fat wear. I don't wear like oh, my nice fat wear or my like. This is your going chance to roll it wear. out. It's, 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 yeah. Going to events like this is always a chance to like wear, you know, the couple things I have in my closet that yeah are a little fancier, and you get to dress up. That's exactly and, what like, I
3: want to hear. That's yeah. exactly what I want people to do. and so I really and, like, look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. That uh, that to me is the most satisfying part yeah. of it is okay. seeing the sort of creativity people put into it and the sexiness of it all. I love it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Because it literally, there are certain outfits that I literally only wear for photo shoots and like events, like Fed events. Yeah. And otherwise, don't wear them. I wouldn't wear them if there weren't events like this.
3: Gimme, gimme more. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Actually, I brought my Demonia boots home. More. Because I'm supposed to shoot with my friend Graham. You know that
3: Star Wars meme? More. And then it
2: got <laughs> postponed and postponed because we want to shoot outside and it's been raining. It's been shitty, yeah. So now my boots have been at home and I just... At work, I don't care. At work, I'm just like st- socks. <laughs> they don't even get the boots right now.
3: You're lucky if you get the boots. Yeah, You're a special client. <laughs> I'm
2: getting more and more less in my appearance at
1: work.
2: Oopsie. <laughs> so, um, what are you looking forward to most, like in your second playground?
3: Um, well, I mean. You're only as good as your last party right. in this industry. Um, so obviously, you know, we, we still are nervous about uh, it being a flop. Yeah, I have sure. definitely done events where you pour your, your heart and your soul and your money into it. And then very few people show up. Ticket sales are actually really good. Um, uh, but oh. it's, summer is a hard time to do an event. People Absolutely. are at the cottage. We took a risk on this one. People
2: are outside. People are at the beach. Yeah. The best
3: times of year to throw an event is the spring and September. Yeah. And the reason why is it all revolves around those are transitional seasons where things change and the students change. Like the, you know, in April, everybody's getting out of college and university and they're ready to party. Mm -hmm. And they're ready to like start their summer. And there's this feeling of rejuvenation, like the best fetish nights I've ever been to. Have been in the spring around yep. Easter, and then the other best fetish nights I've been to have been all those back to school themed parties, yep. where students are coming into the city, and I'm not just we're not just focusing and targeting students. There's a vibe that comes with that in the city itself. Mm-hmm. There's an excitement. Um, people are changing. the 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 world is changing at that time. Those are the two great times to do uh, an event. The riskiest time of year to do an event is um, right now, summer. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, and then there's uh, the other
2: thing that happens also, though. If you've had like one event that's been really, really su- successful, that doesn't guarantee the second. 100%, one. One hundred percent. The next 100%. one's going to be that sold it's still, out. For instance, it's still
3: touch and go. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's like after years, I don't know. Even in my last year of bed post, I was still like every month a little, a little
3: bit, yeah, a little bit nervous. Yep.
2: Even though I have a long history of, like, it's selling out or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's like... Well, there's a vibe I can to can just it. hit you. Yeah,
3: there's a vibe.
2: Like that. You can yeah. kind of ride on it, but I was always nervous.
3: Yeah. And then, of course, the other really horrible times of year to do parties is just after New Year's. Because yes. nobody wants to party. Yeah. So, <laughs> January, February. Hmm. And then the other one is November. And that's because of the post-holiday ah. thing, uh, post-Halloween thing. Mm-hmm and pre-Christmas thing. There's a lull in these, you know, there's a sort of cadence of the year where people go through these like depressing lulls. And those are the times. Some depressing yeah. lulls. And ironically, one, at me one of the that? other great times of year to throw a party is early December. And again, yeah. it's that feeling of
2: Christmas is coming. Christmas
3: is coming. Party time. It's been exciting. Yeah. And so we might throw another party in December. We're toying with it. This might be the last party of the year. Um, depends uh depends how how well it's received um but you know it's looking good right now i'm pretty confident we got two weeks to go um the music lineup is stellar um and uh and overall i think uh i think we're gonna it's gonna be fun and i'm looking really forward to it
0: one thing
2: that you told me that it was really exciting is one of your consent monitors is kilsey van helsen who who is i just had on the podcast oh no way yeah kilsey was just on the pod
3: well they approached us Oh, cool. Yeah, they approached us. It just so happens that we I was looking for some Vibe Patrol people, and I've had a couple of people who are really qualified come forward just in this last week. Amazing. Um, People who actually, you know, one of the things we look for in our Vibe Patrol people uh, is training with harm reduction as well as kink. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, knowing sort of drug culture Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, some of the dangers around that, and also just knowing... um, just being able to handle people who aren't doing well necessarily in, in, in some cases. Um, and we've got a really like highly qualified team where it's our approach to DMing is gentle. Um, we're not doing the traditional DM stands over and watches your scene kind of thing. We're doing people who are just there and moving around constantly and observing from afar and are available to people if they need it. Um, and that model was inspired by the Europeans. Uh, I noticed that. Yeah.
2: yeah. As somebody who was playing at your last party, I noticed, like, how it felt different. Felt a little different, right? Yeah. Yeah. It,
3: it's, and I shouldn't say it's just not the Europeans. Uh, festivals do that, too.
1: Okay.
3: You know, it's like some of the summer festivals and that, you have, like, a harm reduction. Like, you have, like, a ground zero for harm reduction. In our case, it's the trip table. But you also have people who are moving around. Actually, the name Vibe Patrol we've stolen from the old Om Solstice Festival. mm and that was you know people literally walking around the festival with a backpack with vitamin C and granola bars and water. condoms and you know water hydration advil like just being there and just checking on people trip sitters and stuff like that right mm. because you know we're all adults people are going Im- to you know imbibe and 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 drink and and you know partake in party favors i'm sure yeah um and we just want to provide a safe and loving and comfortable space for that to happen and also have people on hand to give you a soft landing if you need it. You know, not, you know in the old days, you'd have a bouncer just throw you out on the street. Um, and it's it's aggressive we've actually said to the wheel room like we don't want your bouncers to be assholes. and they're not they're like super like they're the most patient people in the world actually <laughs> I observed some some things and I was like wow these guys are patient <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but like yeah like people are guests but at the end of the day that's how we want people to feel they want to, we want feel pe- pe- people to feel that they're guests and they're coming into a safe and loving, and sensuous as well as sexy environment. Like, you know, kink is not always sexy and sensuous. It can be hard and intimidating. And we want, but we want people who are going into those experiences to know that they can experiment with, you know, limits, um, while they have a safety net around them, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've got to feel spa- safe in a space to be able to like take that risk of like playing publicly. Yeah, or, getting
3: like, your balls kicked in front get of like, a crowd of a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
2: he's i must say he's a very experienced
3: i was blown CBT away by
2: person very experienced i was blown away and i knew him from another party he didn't just walk up to me as a random he knew i'm a pro a pro and i know what i'm doing and we had met before and got well, he along he had a
3: big smile on his face at the end of the night so. yeah it was cute <laughs> you are a professional <laughs> Yeah. He got what he wanted.
2: Yeah, he got what he wanted out of it. I don't know what the next
3: day. I don't well. know what his doctor thinks, but you know that's between him and his doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment at all. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> I was told
2: I I kicked like differently. Yeah. Oh, I have so like sweet. a technique to it. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, your kick is very different to other people's kick. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's like,
3: that's a compliment. Yeah,
2: eh? cuz I'm trying to do a thing, I'm trying to do something specific, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah, You're trying to give him a boner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want to give him a unique experience. I a unique a boner. experience. <laughs> the sadist in me had oh. a boner i was like he had a sadist yeah. boner oh yeah yeah, yeah kill, him. kill him more. <laughs> kylo <laughs> ran more
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay so i feel like we should tell the people like where we can follow playground on social media where we can get tickets say the date and Everything Make sure that everybody's that, got all yeah. the information yeah. they yeah. need. Yes.
3: Okay, yes. Um, July 28th at the Wiggle Room on Dundas. Dundas West, just west of Bathurst. Uh, party starts at 10 p.m. And goes till 3. Um, you can get your tickets from uh, Eventbrite. That's where we sell our tickets through. Uh, so if you just search Playground Kink on Eventbrite, you'll find it. We have a link to the event uh, ticket purchase from playgroundkink.ca playgroundkink.ca that's our website we also have uh, a full booklet of our rules there um they're quite extensive we strongly encourage people to read them they have everything from dress code to vibe patrol to um you know play and equipment um and we're pretty proud of how we've worded and written those um and what's the instagram uh instagram is Playgroundkink. kink okay. i think <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> well, better double check yeah, playground kink we're on Fet Life as well i just made a Fet Life page people were asking for it i mean i hate fetlife but uh, yeah. you know
2: playground um, underscore kink because you're in there
3: we way. go thank you you're welcome oh my god i'm so bad at this <laughs> <laughs> please come to my
2: party yeah, but i'm come. not gonna tell you anything about it you'll see me there folks yeah so
3: yeah come yeah. it's uh i mean here's the thing we are probably about, getting close to 75% ticket sales now. Okay, so we got two weeks to go. The last party, the last three days was the name That's sold out? Yeah, we yeah. sold out. We had people begging to come in. Yeah. So. And we had a few people who we let in who helped us take down and uh, tear down and set up. Um, and we will be looking for helpers there as well, as well. So if you, you know, if you feel like staying up late and helping us tear down, because that's the worst part of the night, and yeah. we can really appreciate the help, we'll we'll put you on the guest list. Nice. Yeah.
2: Okay. Uh, for me, folks, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's where I'm the most active. But if you must follow me on Instagram, I'm at the Bedpost Podcast or at the Lady um, Oh, I'm on TikTok for some reason. <laughs> at the Lady Pim, I'm on <laughs> youtube the bedpost show and our patreon is a bedpost show as well um we'll see you next week folks with another fun and sexy guest fun or sexy guest here in the back the- fun and
3: sexy about we can sexuality. all come back and I'll just talk about memes <laughs> there
2: you okay, more. um until then everybody get fucked goodbye